Lord, we glorify you. We magnify you, O Lord. Because there's none like you. Father, King of glory. Whatever you have not planted in our lives, Lord, we uproot it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, wherever, O God, news has been coming from, the things that have been raising fears in hearts, Lord, whatever stimulates fears in our hearts, we break them in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, wherever, O God, and in any area that the fears of ill health have been ravaging the hearts of men here, Jehovah, whatsoever you have not planted, we cause it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in the places, O God, where we walk, there are things already that people have been experiencing. Jehovah, even though there's a casting down around, Lord, there shall be a lifting up concerning us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you because you will secure, O God, everything around us. And your glory will be revealed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And as we go to your word this morning, Lord, speak to our hearts. And let your word be engraved in our hearts. And let there be a change, O God, even towards where you want us to go and where you want us to be this year. Glorify your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? This morning, now to welcome us, and we're speaking about the spirit of the word, the spirit behind the word. Last week, the Lord dealt with us again about the issue of the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but shall live by every word of God. And that exposition came very strongly and very powerfully. And next week, we'll also be having Holy Ghost ministration corporately. And so this week is in between the two. And by God's grace, the Holy Spirit will be laying down things, precepts, a few things to stir our hearts up even for next week. And beyond. Hallelujah. Our text today, we read from John chapter 6, and especially in verse 63, says that the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are Spirit and what? Life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. I know that you have a desire, as what Jesus was telling them, to look godly, to be godly. I know that you have a desire to say that you are doing good works. They had asked that earlier, in the earlier verses. I know that you want to do things that will be approved of heaven. But you see, The flesh profits nothing. As long as those things are being done with human effort, 
it cannot generate what will be acceptable to heaven. But then, the words that I've been talking about, that you must eat, they are spirit, and they are life. Just as we heard last week, of course, we have the Word of God written and spoken, and including all sorts of things, instructions, promises, direction, guidance, correction, inspiration, all of them, both in the written word and in the ones that are not written, which if they were written, the whole world can't contain. And the Lord is still speaking in those two dimensions. And of course, the purpose is also clear enough. I would say clearly, the target of the world is eternal life. Primarily, eternal life. Of course, there are many things in between, which are the things that pertain to life and godliness while we progress from here to eternal life. But the end is eternal life. In other words, if we had all the things that happen between now and the end, and we don't gain eternal life, Every one of those things has been wasted. And our lives have been wasted. If we gain everything in between those two points. And miss eternal life. The life, the time, the opportunity on earth has been wasted. But there is often that thing in our hearts. That makes us to. Focus more attention on the things that are in between than the issue of eternal life. As long as that happens, we stand the risk that, you know, the devil might get us confused and carried away and deceived about the things we meet every day. The conversations we have. The engagements that we have. The things we do in the places where we walk. Where I work, for instance, I can be the best, I can do the work very well, for instance. If that work does not translate to what is of value to heaven, I miss the point. So, those things in between, should not, we should not be carried away about them. If we see in John chapter 6 verse 26 and 27, in that same text, John 6, 26, 27, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. So spend your energy seeking eternal life. While you are with me and we are doing miracles and eating and enjoying the things of this life, spend your energy seeking eternal life. Make sure that in the process of all that, 
that you are holding eternal life. While we are together moving around in Judea and Samaria and in Chapel of Resurrection and wherever you are, spend your energy seeking eternal life. When you attend service on Sunday or midweek on Wednesday, is it, has it added something to your desire to gain eternal life? That's what he was telling them. John 6, 68. We know that part. Many people left. And Peter turned. And he asked the disciples, Where? Won't you go as well? You see, I think in our walking and growing and our moving towards eternal life and what God has for us, we inevitably get to the point where he asks us that question. You that came to church today, why are you still here? Won't you go? Now, to define and separate a lot of things, what is it that is making you to run a family? You must get to a point and you decide it. I am after you, not because others are going, but there's something I am looking for. And at that point, it doesn't matter anymore what every other person is doing. It doesn't matter anymore how much they are obeying God. It doesn't matter anymore how many programs there are that are going on. It doesn't matter anymore. When people ask you why are you not in church today or not, it doesn't. What you are after is consuming you. And until you get it, even if it means that it will look like you are doing things, he's telling you that look, these things are hard. He said, Lord, I have burnt all my bridges, so I don't have any other place to go. Hallelujah. I have burnt it. Both the ones that have to do with human wisdom, which I think is the, probably the most dangerous one. The things we can rationalize and explain, the things that we say and we think we understand, Lord, I have burnt my wisdom. I have burnt my philosophy. There's no other place I have but you. So if in the process of following you, I'm going to die, so let it be. That's a prayer. Anyone here, any one of us, that is really interested in following God, must get to. In times like this, when lots of things are happening in the world, and we see it every day, you see, I like what happened with the virgins, the wise ones. Everybody took enough oil to get to midnight. Hallelujah. And the bridegroom was supposed to come when? When? At midnight. So, the foolish ones, what made them foolish was not that they didn't have enough oil to get to midnight. No. It was the fact that they didn't make arrangements for extra. The times we are in are times not that I have enough level of Christian feelings and faith. But wisdom will require that we go beyond that point to be talking about 
extra. Extra in our fellowship with God. Extra beyond what is expected. Extra in our prayer life. Extra in our intercessory life. Extra in our search for God. Inside this world. Extra. Wisdom demands gaining, getting, making arrangements for extra. Now, and Jesus advised, you know, and Paul also talked about, you know, seeking eternal life. Even to the rich, he said, if you, in case you think you are rich, make sure that you use those riches to gain eternal life. That is wisdom. Instead of trusting in the riches and in its futility. Now, why have I raised these things? It says, rather, let me add again, First Timothy 6, First Timothy 6, 11 to 12. He says, strive for righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. He says, strive for these things. Run your best in the race of faith and win what? Eternal life for yourself. That is, you're on your own. Win it for yourself. I win it for myself. My children will win their own for themselves. The things I do can help create the platform to encourage that to happen for them, but they are going to win it for themselves. For it was to this life that you were called, that God called you. This was the life that God was talking about, that He called you. Eternal life. Amen. Amen. Why have I said these things? Eternal life itself, like we saw that the word is life and spirit, is only guaranteed by living out the word. A daily experience of living out God's word. Of living by God's word. That's the only thing that secures eternal life. After the Lord has called us to himself. After we've experienced salvation. Living out the word. Every day. A daily experience of it. Now, living out the word... Is actually what shows that someone is a Christian. I said, living out the word of God is what shows that someone is a Christian. See? When we learn to quote the verses of the scriptures and we read the Bible, sometimes because we've done it, it makes us think that yes, we are Christians. When we attend fellowship and church, it also makes us think that we are Christians. When in our places of work, they say, ah, is it not this people, or this born again? They, are, they say they are born again. Inside us, it makes us feel that we are Christians. When we fear and tremble at God's word, it also makes us feel that we are Christians. Now, if that is the case, 
I want to ask you. How about the devil? Did the devil ever read and quote the Bible? Yes. Is he a Christian? No. Luke 4, 10, 11. He made that statement. You see, you can argue theologically about the fact that he missed one word. But how many of us can quote a verse without missing one word? So it's not important. Do you get what I mean? It's not important. Me, there are probably only very few scriptures that I can quote verbatim. But the devil reads the Bible. That's why he got it from Isaiah. And he quotes it when he's conversing with people. Maybe more than many of us do. He was discussing with Jesus and he quoted the scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, does he pray? (laughs) I think if we remember the story of the pigs and the demons, Jesus cast out and they begged him, they beseeched him. Have you been beseeching the Lord and that makes you feel like a Christian? Hallelujah. The demons begged him. And what did he do? Did he answer their prayer or not? He answered. He did what they asked him to do. So the fact that God answers what you pray, does it make you a Christian? Hallelujah. Do they tremble at God's word? Oh, you know more than I do. James 2 verse 19, he said, (laughs) Ah. He said that you tremble. He said, he said, you do well. Even the demons also hear and do what? Tremble. So, do we think that we tremble at God's... You see, the devil has been in the... He has been seeing God act against his kingdom. So, he knows enough to tremble probably more than many of us. Because we haven't seen many of those things. So, when... No wonder when at the mention of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses, everything will be happening everywhere. Do we get what I'm saying? Because they have the experience of trembling at God's word very easily. And so once you are mentioning Jesus, it's not running. Unlike for us, somebody may be mentioning, wondering what is this person. You start, you know, thinking about it first. Do this or don't do this, we think about it. The devil will run away very quickly. He has experience. Does he have fellowship? All through the scriptures, we see the devil and his cohorts going to church. True or false? In Job chapter 1, the sons of God came to have a meeting. And the devil came around. Hallelujah. Where do you think that was? In hell? No. (laughs) Not in hell. It was in a place of fellowship. Does he go to church? In Zechariah 3 verse 1 to 2, the angels came around to speak about a prophet and all of that. And for cleansing. And the Bible says that the devil showed up as well when the angels were around. Of course, we read very much in Revelation chapter 3. Jesus talking to the churches. He was telling them about Balaam 
those that obey the teachings of Balaam, about Jezebel that operates even amongst them. Does the devil go to church? Yes. Does going to church make you a Christian? No. That you are here this morning, does it make you a Christian? No. That you pray this morning, does that make you a Christian? No. Because there are those that pray that are not Christians. And Jesus answered. Hallelujah. The only time, really, what is different, the only thing that makes you a Christian is that the word is lived out. The devil cannot live out the word because it takes the Holy Ghost to live it out. And he cannot have the Holy Ghost inside him. Was it in the upper room that they called the apostles Christians? No. It's not in church. Are you a Christian? It is where? Outside. When they were in the marketplace, other people looked at them and said, these ones are what? Like Christ. In the market, in the office, in the workplace, in the place where we do our events, this one is a Christian. Other people, not you. You can't call yourself a Christian. We can write it in the forms that they give us. But it's other people until others in your workplace, in the place where you converse and you engage, look at you and say, this one is a Christian. You probably are not one yet. You probably are not one. But leaving it out cannot happen except by that spirit of the world. The spirit behind the world. Now that makes me know that look, there are things I shouldn't hide or, or deny myself of. Let's say like when somebody or let's say like when we'll be talking about things about you know, next week about Holy Ghost baptism and all of that. I will not bother about what other people are saying. I will be gauging myself by how much it looks like I am living out the world. And I will know whether the Holy Spirit is there in the first place. Or whether he has so been stifled by my thoughts and my philosophies and my, the way I do my things that he is just quiet. Because if he shows up, he can burn us. Amen. Amen. He told the children of Israel, when they said, follow, you should follow them. He said, no, I will give you the land. I will give you everything. But look, I will give an angel to follow you. I can't follow you. I can't follow you. I will answer your prayers. I will give you breakthroughs in the lands that you are going to. I will give you everything. I will make sure you are in health. I will make sure you are this. But my children of Israel, I can't go with you. Why? If I go with you, you will die. You won't get there. So just be going. Maybe some of you like, what's his name? Joshua and Caleb can be talking to you people until you change. I can't go with you. 
and it scares me that God can be answering all my prayers and be giving me all the breakthroughs and yet He's not following me. He's not there. If He shows up, I will wither like grass because He's still flesh that is everywhere. Dominant in my heart, dominant in my head, dominant in my actions. He will slay me. He can send a whole cohort of angels in following Him. You could protect Him, keep Him. But I cannot be in Him. I can't go with Him. That will not be our own story in Jesus' name. The devil cannot have the spirit. And so he can't live out the word. So, if we are not living out the word, we might simply be doing, we might simply be in the same situation as the devil and demons. If in our daily events, if in our daily experiences, we are not living it, no matter how much we know, No matter how much we have heard. No matter how much we say we understand the scriptures. We don't leave it out. We are at the same level with them. We have not done anything differently. You know... During our prayers, the prayer time, we prayed about the country as well. And a couple, a couple of days ago, I was, I was troubled. Why? It struck me again, afresh. Look, it's in this same country that when a believer talks about, let's say, he wants to get a political position, you know, They'll say that he can't get before before he goes there, he'll get soiled, right? So people advise don't even get his dating. Now we have somebody who is there as president. And even today, even after he has gone through, people can say many things by the corner. But people are still saying that he is a man of character and integrity. Right? Say Lord. What are we doing churching? What are we doing making noise in the Holy Ghost? And not to, you know, cast as passions or anything. No. I'm trying to say how God does what God, the things that happen. Now, that's somebody that one is Muslim. Two, seven to three years. Three. He said this cattle that he rears, so, and he's Fulani, equivalent to Fulani herdsman. Now we are looking for integrity in the whole country. And it's that person that all of us are saying has a story of integrity. And it's not even about what he did last year. It's about what he did when 1983. So, 32 years have passed of 33. You mean, what are we doing? We can't find from amongst us. It's that same reason that makes us, even in places where we walk, we lower standards and think that we're being kind. The man, what we are saying is that he maintains his standards. 
we lower standards. Is that right? We may think it's good because we think we are sugar. Are we salt then? We destroy things by lowering standards and we say we are good. I think it really bothers me. But I want to try to end by saying without the Spirit we can't live out the world. That means that we can't be Christians except every day we are certain that the Holy Ghost is with us, that He is increasing in us, and He is flowing through our members, our body, the things that are around us to accomplish God's purpose. As a gauge for our Christian lives. Now that means that if that is the only way to gain eternal life, to live by the word today, then I won't bother my head about what every other person says. I will every day seek to be filled and be refilled with the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't want to take a step. And some people wake up, they'll say they saw somebody somewhere in the internet, they'll get married to the person. You saw this one here, and just, they say, ah, can you pray about this? They say, no, we are physically compatible. We are mentally compatible. We are <laughs> compatible, you know. No, have you prayed about that matter? What are you depending on? What's energizing you? What's determining the actions that we take each day? They are the things that will count in that journey. What's determining the next business that we get into? Since if we, if the spirit of the world is what has filled us, you see, I'm doing a business. Somebody can import something and it gets stuck at the port for weeks and months. True or false? But there's someone that knows the entire journey from wherever that is coming from to Enugu here. I can ask God, Lord, should I invest in this particular business or not? And if I ask even those simple things, I believe He will answer me because that's what He says in His Word. And there are experiences of people where He has done that. If I don't believe it, if you don't believe it, that's your own cup of tea. But I believe it. And that's His Word. And He will be, he will be, he will be careful to follow His Word, to, to, to act on His Word. And he keeps us from great losses when we depend on him every day. The flesh, the effort, when we say we have tried, is useless. Human effort. If you're here and your Christian life has been one of, you've been making a, they ask, ah, now we are trying, now we are trying to live. <laughs> this Christian life is not easier. Now this one again too. But we are trying, you know. If that's your experience, what you're still doing is that you're trying to accomplish godly things with human effort. And as long as it's human effort, God doesn't allow it to come into his presence. Flesh does not survive in his presence. It's a person that is burnt up already that what is remaining is the spirit.
then he opens the door. So if it's still about human, we are trying, we are trying. And usually that trying means that there are some things. I'm doing some, I'm obeying some, or I'm not obeying all of them. But you know that it's not easy. True or false? True or false? It's not easy. There are some I've reckoned with, I can deal with. There are some others. It's grace, so. Praise the Lord. It's human effort and the flesh. And Paul in Romans 7 looked at it and said, Oh, the things I want to do, I can't. Oh, who will save me from, look at the good things I know I want to do, but I can't. Yet, I do the ones that I don't even want to do. Now, even the one that you do with that flesh is condemned already because the flesh corrupts it. And so it's useless before God, no matter how good it looks and how acceptable it is to people around. The spirit of the word is a link between knowing and doing. And that's what many people lack. Or he hasn't been fanned into flames. The link between all the knowledge that we'll gain this year and doing. It's like the electricity that comes to the bulb and it enables it to shine. If it's not there, the bulb can just be hanging. I am a bulb! Oh, Ed, no, I'm a bulb! I'm a Christian! No. It's a spirit that brings the power for that. And what happens when he is there? To help us again and finally to assess the things that we do and how we are living. When he is there, there is a sense of purpose. When the spirit behind the word is there, there is a sense of purpose, even something that ends up looking as simple as coming to church on Sunday and regularly, will be based on a sense of purpose. Going to work will be based on a sense of purpose. Setting up a business will be based on a sense of purpose. Getting married to someone and even saying yes to someone's proposal will be based on a sense of purpose. I'm looking at something. Getting admission, seeking the one that you want to do, will be based on a sense of purpose. There's something I have in mind. I'm not acting carelessly. I didn't come, I don't come to church on Wednesday because I just have to. No. There's something that is behind it. There's something I'm looking for. I'm not joining a unit this year because they say join a unit. There's there's something I'm seeking. There's a sense of purpose. And that experience will have a way of helping me to get to it. There's a sense of purpose in dealing with my child every day. When I'm helping her with my assignment, her assignment, I know what I'm doing. When I'm sitting where she has a table to sit down to read, like the own is near my own table, I have a reason for doing that. 
when I'm saying no, don't be exposed to this. I have a reason for doing that. There's a purpose. There's something you are creating. When I'm saying yes today, I'm going to celebrate birthday for you. I'm not going to tomorrow. All the people in your class are doing it. I'm not doing it today. I know when I'll do it and when. There's a sense of purpose. Not just that. Everybody in the class has done it. And the mothers that arrange it are beating their chests and comparing themselves with themselves. No. I have. You can say anything you want to say. I will use my own to achieve something. Two, there's fire. There's passion. You might say his, his word was shut up in my bones. I couldn't stay. If, since, if this year we go through this year, and when they say even evangelism, go and do evangelism, we never experience some fire in our bones. Something is wrong. The Holy Spirit is not really there. Or he's been so bottled up by our thoughts and our imaginations. His bottle is locked up. If not, there will be fire. This leg can just not be quiet. No way. Can there be a hunger that that will change this year? Can there be passion about what promotes eternal life and eternal living that we are seeking, that we are running after? About what we turn our energies into? If the Holy Ghost is there, since, to be frank with you, I've asked people, and if he's active and you are allowing him, you, there's no way you can sit for six hours and watch part one and part two of one video. It won't work. I don't know about you. It's not going to work. You'll be computing one hour, two hours, what I would have achieved with it. It won't work. It just can't work. It just can't work. Is there fire in your bones? Is there a desire for it in the first place? Is there hunger? If the Holy Ghost is there, there will be hunger and thirst every time. Can I add some sense, Lord, into my record? Can there be men I've drawn today and tomorrow? Can I sing today in church in a way that when I sing, eh, the glory of God will be manifest. People will find it easier to connect to heaven. Can I sing that way? Lord, this Sunday, I've been singing every Sunday, but every Sunday is a new Sunday. Amen. Amen. Can I sing that way? And if I will sing that way, then I will sit back overnight and prepare and pray and knock heaven. Then it will be seen. It will show. If it's there, there will be a sense of urgency. That's the last thing I want to mention. I've been watching and I've been looking at even myself. Lord, probably in the next two decades, people will be telling me that I should be, I should retire, right? Now, if I finish that, and that is what I've done on this earth, what value have I created? 
Are we kind of, if you're 50 here, are you kind of realizing that your days have reduced? If you're 40 and you graduated at 20 years, and when you think about it, you say, oh, no, it's just some years back now, I was in social and social school. Do you realize that those 20 years, when you add it to where you are now, you'll be 60? Is there a sense of urgency that demands that we, 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 we create legacies around our lives? That we set up people, that we raise men, that we do what is of eternal value? Is there an urgency? Is there an urgency that somebody, a friend of mine was buried in December, finished from here, traveled abroad, and a very budding young economist, 45. What did he die from? Prostrate cancer. 45 years. 45. The other one was 33. The other one this. The other one that. Is there that Lord, even if it's next year, even if it's at the end of this year, I can say, is, is there that urgency that you can say that, look, this year was invested forever. Are we postponing our lives? When I finish this, when I finish, my teens are here. When I finish secondary school, when I finish primary school, when I finish graduate, when I finish my master's, when I finish PSU. It never ends. It doesn't end when I get a job. When that one now, when I now get this promotion, when this one now finishes, today is the most important day of your life. Your night is coming. Our nights will come. What we do today is the most important thing that can happen to us. Let's rise up and pray. Father, we're asking for your release. We're asking for your cleansing. We're asking, Lord, for, for you to empty us, Lord, of every garbage, O oh God. Of everything we consider reasonable, which in the eyes of heaven, they actually garbage. The way we carry ourselves, the way we manage ourselves, the way we converse, the things we say we, don't, we like and we don't like, the things that go on in our hearts, the standards we have recreated in our lives and in our heads. Lord, we are, we are dropping them at your feet, dropping them at the altar. And asking, Lord, Father, set them on fire. And Lord, create a God between us and them. That our lives, whatever is left, oh God, will be what will catch fire when you release your fire upon us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may our lives, oh God, be so pleasing to you. Lord, that even if, oh God, is your desire, Father, that, that, you, that you can tabernacle, oh God, even amongst us in our lives. In our homes, oh God. In our workplaces, the places where we live. Lord, as your spirit, oh God, connects the word, oh God, even to action. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to pray finally. You're here. And you haven't met the man behind the spirit and behind the word. Jesus Christ. For yourself. He says, it was to this that you were called. He says, strive to possess eternal life for yourself. For yourself. For yourself. Are you here and that's your... You haven't clearly had that experience. Can I just see your hand? Just raise it. I want to pray. Is there someone like that? Just lift your hand. Can you ask God to forgive you your sins? He said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
and you believe in your heart that he died for you, say you shall be saved. Confess your shortcomings, confess your weaknesses, your inadequacies, and surrender to him. Ask him to come into your life, to come and be your Lord and personal Savior, to come and give you the grace to live for him. That is what he has promised. And once you ask, he gives to you. I want you to repeat after me. My Lord and my Savior, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be called your child. I have sinned against you. But Lord, because you love me, you sent your son Jesus Christ, and he came and died for me, and paid the price of my sin. Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Cancel my name from the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Give me power to be your child. Power to live a holy life. Power to say no to sin. And cut off every relationship I have with the past of darkness. Grant me the grace to live for you every day. In Jesus' name. Our Lord and personal Savior will give you praise. Thank you for these your children. Thank you, Father Lord, because it pleased you to bring them into your kingdom today. Lord, we return our praise and worship unto your holy name. Even as they have confessed with their mouth and they believed in their heart and they have come out boldly to acknowledge you. Father Lord, forgive their sins. Cleanse them from every unrighteousness. Cancel their names from the book of death. Write their names in the book of life. Lord, every relationship they have with the past of darkness, all the things they have done in the past that have put them under the bondage of the enemy, Lord, we stand upon your word and we declare them null and void in Jesus' name. We establish your counsel over their lives and God will declare that from today henceforth they will live for you. They will honor your name. God, they will glorify you. And Lord, you shall build them up as instruments of righteousness to the glory and honor of your name. Thank you, Lord, as you have served them into your kingdom and as you glorify your name. Be thou exalted, O Lord, over these lives. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Our Father, we give you praise. We appreciate you. We honor you this morning. And Lord, the year is ahead of us. Father, connect us, Lord, to your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may the dwelling place in our hearts, in our lives, be a sweet-smelling savour unto you. That even when, Lord, you are looking for, even when you are not looking for a place to rest, that our hearts will be attractive to you. That you desire even to rest in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the things we own, the things of this life, the things we possess, the things we pursue every day. Lord, the work we do, ancient of days, the money we make, we run after. Father, May our lives be such that they will be used even to seek after what your spirit desires. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed.